0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Coming soon to the Los Santos Convention Center, it's Mike Andrews. Poor people, stop complaining. Start living. You can't take the money with you when you die. Even I can't. He's changed millions of lives with his book, Rags Are Riches. This all day seminar features workshops on cooking potatoes, dumpster diving, puffing paint, bathing alternatives, and pharmaceutical baking. Instead of complaining about being poor, lady, enjoy it. Mike, I can't, I can't feed my kids, kids, and the rents do. Whoa, bitch, settle it down. Are you saying this ain't the greatest country in the world? Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, everyone. USA! 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 USA. USA. Here Favorite program, such as There's No Rich People, The Rich or Miserable Play Harmonica, and Expect Less, Achieve More. See Mike Andrews Live for only two hundred dollars, payable in ten installments. Reserve your seat today. Shut up and sit down. Shut up and sit down.
1: what's up everybody welcome back to third shift episode 339 and i of course am your host your funky leader the greatest man who's ever lived it's me it's matt and with me as always as almost not always as look he was almost not here we could have not been here but he's here with us he's your friend and mine the light bearer, the light bringer the light bear bring the beastmaster third shift it's eric and he's here to tell us how his
2: week was eric how was your week i'm gonna tell you how my week was but first i gotta say this is the weirdest thing in my life it's the weirdest thing in my life right now for two reasons, because first off, we're doing this show at the most weird, strangest time ever. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be sleeping right now. This ain't even, I'm not even supposed to be awake. I don't even know what's happening. I've got a dentist appointment, like a crack of dawn tomorrow. This is, what a <laughs> terrible idea any of this was, but then it was made worse because Doc Funky himself started the call today. Not me, mm-hmm. Doc Funky. I always start the call. That's the way this goes. But he did. And you know what time he did it? At 9-11. The magic time. 9-11 p.m. He started to call. And it made me look at the clock. And I saw 9-11. Which is what I always see. I see 9-11 all the time. That's my magic numbers. <laughs> and it was the craziest, weirdest thing. That at 9-11, he pushed the button. Made the call. I saw 9-11. I went, "Yep, yeah, It all makes sense. This is This is the way it should be. This is the way it has to be. Nine eleven.
1: Well, at least we've established, just like with Chet, with his two twenty two, he th- swore to God he was going to die at two twenty two on two twenty two, and his ass lived. He so lived. it doesn't mean anything. It's no, just it means a weird. Nothing. It's just a weird thing. It's just it a weird nothing.
2: coincidence that I've fixated on. So apparently, I've made a thing, and therefore it has existed for all these years and times. But it is still strange. I can see it right there in Discord, nine eleven. It's official. <laughs> it's real. So as for the week. Well, I went and saw Cocaine Bear. Did you see Cocaine Bear, Matt?
1: I haven't seen it yet, no.
2: All right. It's a, it's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know which way to go. I don't know which way to recommend you, Matt. I don't know. There were about three good spots, three chunks that were just phenomenal. Magic. Good stuff. Great content. And then the rest of the movie was okay to sometimes boring. So I don't know. It's a tough one to, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say it was bad. It wasn't a bad movie. I wasn't mad about seeing it. I felt okay. I walked out and I went, Oh man, did you see the part with this? Did you like that? I like that too. Ha, <laughs> ha, But it wasn't what I was hoping for. It wasn't the just me guffawing and laughing and going crazy in the theater. I didn't get those gut wrenching laughs, the cries, the tears. I got none of that. And I was so hoping it would fulfill that. It did not, but there were, like I said, three good spots that I did get a good, good chuckle. Heavy chuckle, slash maybe minor laugh in. And so, overall, had a good time. But uh, I think maybe I put it too high in my head, too high where I wanted it to be. And it didn't get to that point. So a little sad. I, just, I really wanted something that would have me laughing you know, in my seat again.
1: Yeah, I feel like with the last couple of trailers, like it started off looking amazing, but then the the more the last few trailers came out, the more they showed just the human characters interacting with other human characters. And I went, is this just going to be like 15 minutes of Bear and a lot more of just, haha, we are zany characters. Look at us go. I'll still probably watch it. I don't know if it'll be still around after this weekend because I think another big movie comes out, but I'll still watch it on peacock or whenever when it comes out but uh, I don't know if I have time I'll see it in the theaters if it's not around then...
2: then oh well you'll catch it eventually and I gotta say while I didn't regret watching it I was sad that I didn't just go see Demon Slayer uh, in the sword town or whatever the hell it's called instead because I know for a fact I would have enjoyed that one but you know it's too late we already did what we did maybe this weekend I'll get a chance to catch it if not oh well so, for those of you out there who wanted a really good comedy, there's there's some good spots in it, but like Matt just said, it actually is kind of that. A lot of it's just like, like the character buildup with moments of the bear jumping in. And I will say though, there's a couple moments with the bear jumping in that are absolutely fantastic. So if you, if you're okay with kind of a you know a lot of lulls in between the moments with the bear, you might enjoy the hell out of it. So, I I don't know. Just, uh, think about it before you go. It is, it is doing apparently very good. So, they're actually very happy with how it performed in theaters. A lot of people are praising it and, you know, good for them. I don't want, I don't want to like dog on them because it wasn't bad, but, (sighs) I'm just still waiting for the movie there where I can just laugh my ass off and have a great time. Hasn't happened yet. So, with that out of the way, Hogwarts Legacy, um, I'm getting to that point. I do, You know, with a lot of these games, when you're getting into it. I'm like, alright. Side content's been fun. A lot of these side missions have been glorious. No doubt about it. But, uh, I think it's about time I'm just gonna finish this up. Because I feel that. I feel that lull coming. Where I'm like, I'm drifting away. Where I'm like, okay, this is great. I know. Let me go find all the uh, Demi-Guy statues. Three more. And I'm like, I don't want to play this game no more. Click. I'm like, okay, nope that's not good because that's only one or two more times away from you just clicking and then just abandoning the game altogether. So I'm at that point, I feel like, so I think in the next couple times I pop it on, I'm going to just boom, mainline mission, mainline mission, mainline mission, mainline mission. Get really deep into it. If I see like a, a particular mission, that's like super cool. Or something I'm like, Oh my God, I gotta do that one. I will, but I'm going to stop here. And mind you, I'm, on the progression bar, I'm at like 70%. So, yeah. with me doing it now, I feel like it's not me just skipping the entire game and screwing. Oh, I don't know what the story is. I don't know what's happening. I'm an idiot. Like so many people talk about all the time. I've been in there. I've done a lot of the side stuff. I feel good about
1: where I am. Quick interjection question: Do you see quest rewards before you do the quest? Like, oh, if you go here, you'll get a cool cloak or a hat or a thing.
2: Mildly, uh, it, okay. it will say, "Yeah, it'll say like gear, uh, appearances, loot, like money, you know that that kind of thing." So it does say, like, hey, you're going to get loot for this, or you're going to get appearance stuff for this, or money for this, or a new spell for this.
1: So at least you got that. So if you're like, oh, well, I'll at least do appearance stuff, because that could be anything wacky to wild and cool. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just hit, hit, hit while you're on your way.
2: And the same with spells. Like, you know what, do I really want another spell right now? I don't care. I've already got way too many spells that I can even use anyway, so to hell with it. I'm going to keep going on. Or vice versa. Oh my god, I, I have to have a cadavera. That's just like a must. Gotta do this quest to go ahead and get that one. So yeah, that's what I intend to do. I'm just going to start to go mainline until I see something of particular interest. Do that one then and keep mainlining it. Because there's so much out right now and so much coming that I don't want this game to fall off. Because it has been such an enjoyable experience. But, uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. In fact, I was just playing it before we logged on, before you called me and all that good stuff, and, uh, was doing some of the, like, the wrap-up up up into one of the main missions that I wanted to do, and having a good time with it. Other than that, we did the Destiny 2, Matt. We got in there, we did Lightfall, had a good time, did, like, a a chunk of the main story missions, got into the new guild where my, you know, siblings and all them are at, but Still so haven't actually talked to him or played with them in any way, shape, or form. So it's starting to shape up to be what we already talked about. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll do the main story and campaign, because I always do. And in fact, it's funny because they redid the entire system of like where they rank you as a guardian. And I pop on and, and I'm rank six, which is where all, everybody all of all the top rank players, rank six is where they're at. So it just goes to show you what we've talked about before where it's like I don't feel like I'm a Destiny guy anymore. I kind of just like dabble. But apparently, I dabble too much and I'm still Mm -hmm. like in (laughs) on it because I got rank six, just like all the players who've. Best in the worlds. That's the highest you can get right now is six going into seven after you complete all the content of the current, you know, Lightfall. So I'm like, this is weird. Like, I don't deserve to be here. I I don't feel like. I don't really do much in this game at all except for the campaign and then hang around and try to do dungeons with my my siblings for a while and then I fall off.
1: Maybe some people don't even make it through the campaign though.
2: And that's probably what exactly what it is, yeah. I mean, just like most people don't finish
1: story modes or you know, do th- the side content for like regular single person stuff. They don't do the side stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. So, if all they want to do is just dork around with their friends and shoot stuff and play PVP, they never did the story.
2: They miss out on all that. So I, I, I according to Bungie, rate right with all the other people up here in and on it. And it's just strange to me because I'm like, I am completely not like a Destiny guy. I, I used to be a long time ago, but now I just go play the thing and then my siblings and friends ignore me and then I just stop playing. <laughs> so I'm like, well, okay, well, I guess cool beans. So it's kind of strange, kind of cool. It just shows you that I'm still in there. I'm still playing this game. I still make sure to keep up with whatever the hell is going on in the game itself. And thus far, I won't go too long on this, but I will say Neomuna is uh, its a beautiful like city and environment. But uh, it, it, you'll hear this all over the place, so I'm not the only one by any stretch of imagination. It doesn't feel lived in. There's like no people there whatsoever, and there's a story reason for that. But it still just doesn't sit right. It just seems weird that you're in this completely empty environment this entire time. So, really crazy. And then, of course, the uh, Cloud Striders, who are these uh, people that guard the, the planet and everything that it's about, they just, like, jump in out of nowhere, unless there's some story plot I did miss. And it's wacky and strange, and you're just trying to play catch-up, and then they introduce, like, a lot of bad guy types that actually don't really make sense for this expansion and why you're there and what's going on and a lot of it's not explained so i feel completely and utterly lost and like what the hell i'm even doing and why these baddies are here and what's going on i understand like callus and the witness but the taken are there and i know this is going over people's heads but it's just i don't know man i feel i feel really weird about this storyline like i don't feel like they put it together right you know what i mean i feel like they was like oh we got to get something out we want to kind of like challenge the players so let's throw this enemy type and this enemy type in and uh, there's no reason why they're there we're just doing it because well, we got to get it out you know we got to get it out there to the player it, it just feels rushed it feels strange so hopefully it's explained in the long term but for now while i'm enjoying just going through it i do feel kind of like what the hell is happening here none of this is making any sense they're not explaining the objectives at all they're acting like you should know but you don't know and it's just it's just kind of messed up because you know bungie and destiny typically they do a pretty good job of keeping up with what you're supposed to do and i just don't feel it's there this time i'm enjoying it just because it's fun to do and see new stuff but I don't, I'm like, I don't know what the hell's happening or why any of this is going on right now. So so I'll keep going, but not too happy with it, to be honest with you. And then to end it ended for myself for the week, Matt, Wild Hearts. Me and Shay got on another night, and we played, and we had... Oh, man, I'm telling you, dude, it was a great time. We're killing monsters. We're seeing new stuff, having a lot of... Just such a good time. They got it down-packed. You know, as a Monster Hunter-type like type game... They know what they're doing, they've got the formula, they're copying where they should be, they're kind of innovating and changing a little bit here and there to get their you know, unique touch on it, but the monsters we've fought so far have been just such a blast. The ease of just getting together and playing is way better than Monster Hunter is currently, so can't complain in any respect there. Shay just recently told me, and I still haven't checked it out, I was going to do it today but didn't, is that even, like, random players just hopping in. He's had nothing but zero troubles, zero ease of use, all that. Just, hey, I need help with this monster. Clicks the button. Instantly, two others join his party. They're killing the monster. Monster's dead. Harvest the parts. Boots him back out. He says, no huss, no fuss. Almost zero time with joining players and doing the actual mission. Nobody's, you know, being crazy, saying crazy things, doing crazy stuff. And if that's true, which I was going to do but didn't, that's freaking wonderful just for the fact that you know monster armor is all about farming the monsters to get the gear you want to keep moving forward and that's what it's all about and obviously me and shay are both you know old people so we can't play together all the time <sighs> i just want to play that so bad i can't wait i can't wait to get some more wild hearts in i'm gonna to try to get jared in on it because he obviously owns it since i own it you know and i know matt will never come on board but man it'd be great it'd be great matt you know Go kill some big boss monsters together. Just saying.
1: It'll never happen because I'm too busy on the real world front going to watch the Lansing Symphony Orchestra. They had one of their Masterworks concerts. Anytime they do those, it's usually three or four or two or three, depending on the length of the concertos, the symphonies, the whatever that they're doing. This one was awesome because it was, it was a quick one right at the start. Then they brought in a violinist and a violist to do this three-part concertino or whatever it was called and i was sitting there watching it and watching the the interplay the back and forth you know the call and response between the violinist and the violist and then the entire symphony also and i was thinking to myself you know a lot of people think classical music is boring cuz it's just kind of like the same thing and when you're just speaking purely of just like the whole symphony I get it, because it's just, you know, you think of, like, epic movie scores. You know, it, it's cool, and it's cool, but there's nothing, like, stands out. And I'm like, man, if if I had been exposed to this type of stuff from dead on, where the symphony is there in the background, but the focus is, like, a back-and-forth... I, I think of it like two characters in a musical singing a song back and forth, and then the symphony is what's backing them. It was so cool. I mean, I like classical music anyway. I'm not saying that, but, like, if people want to get... People into classical music—that's what they should show them. Not just these big, sweeping, symphonic orchestral performances, but the ones where there's the soloists going back and forth, or you know, just one who is you know doing crazy stuff with the orchestra backing them up. But it was a great show. I mean, it, it always is. I never am disappointed when I go there. But that one was awesome. Just seeing the two of them like going back and forth, and I think maybe they were a husband and wife duo. I—that's what mom said beforehand, but I didn't see it in their little bios. But they were kind of like actually interplaying as they were at the end of his stuff, he kind of leaned into her and she'd kind of pick it back up as she started up really cool stuff. So that was a fantastic concert. It always is really enjoyable. Then just today, still on the real world front today, right before we recorded the show, I went out to my local Regal cinema and saw a fathom event for Casablanca. I don't think it's an actual anniversary or anything, but it just came up on the list. Mom said, let's go. And I went, absolutely. Let's go. I've never seen the movie from front to back all the way through before. Everybody knows the big climactic scene, like the ending. Everybody knows all the lines through it just because it's a piece of cultural zeitgeist. It's a piece of the history. But man, that movie is so goddamn good. Like obviously, I have a pen shot for older movies. I like older stuff. And I like like the kind of dialogue you see in like a hard-boiled detective novel and stuff. And that's all throughout this movie. So I was I was giddy, I was grinning. But that movie is also so funny. Like everybody knows the dramatic and the kind of the romantic drama subtext and but it's so hilarious. All the side characters are so much fun. The uh what is he called? The prefect of police, that character, he is hilarious. His interactions with everybody, and then obviously his interactions with Rick and Elsa and everybody. But it's just I did I had no idea. I had no idea it was so good. Obviously everybody knows it's like some people's greatest movies of all time, but seeing it from front to back in the theater on the big screen, I'd really appreciate it. You know, no distractions, no nothing. It was awesome. Like by the end of it, I was like, I looked at mom. She was like, Hey, are you glad you came? I was like, that was awesome. It was amazing. It was great. So if you haven't ever seen it, I recommend it. It's, Hey, don't don't watch cocaine bear because it might be a eh, eh, watch casablanca that's a well, much easier i don't, easier know. I don't recommendation.
2: know about that I mean, casablanca <laughs> might be mad too just depending on who you are and what you like uh, but, I, but I, I shouldn't talk man because i have i'm like you before just now yeah i've never seen it all the way through i've seen like chunk here chunk there chunk this chunk that so i can't speak to it
1: i, I don't know I, I just wasn't expecting so much fun with all the characters. And it's just like mm-hmm. witty dialogue, snappy, snarky dialogue. Oh, it was so good. So that was awesome. On the video game front, did get in a stream last week of Final Fantasy VII. Got back into it. Felt good to get back into it, to get back into streaming for one little quick stream. Can't wait to do more of it. And the other game that I've played mostly this past week is Like a Dragonition. I was kind of going back and forth going, well, I do want to do some more Forspoken, but I won't have much time with Like a Dragon and blah, 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 blah. So the few like pure gaming sessions I've had have been Like a Dragon-ation, and the the town's finally starting to open up. I'm starting to get more skills in each of the four combat styles. I'm starting to run into more goofy sub-stories and all the stuff that makes you love a Yakuza game. And it is a lot of fun, but i got to say it is... (sighs) It's so weird because, as awesome as it is to see all your favorite characters again, to see their faces in this, you know, Edo period Japan piece, it's also so distracting that I'm like, "Oh man, here comes Saijima!" But he wouldn't be a bad guy. Why is he? Why is he acting like this? You know, I had talked about it in the in the release how you know you kind of identify with them, but they're playing completely different people. I almost wish they had completely different faces, though. Because that's not what these characters do. That's not what some of these characters... I mean, some of these characters, they are bad people, so them playing a bad person works. But, like, you know, it's Kiryu's face on the new character, but he's using a gun, he's using a sword. And granted, you know, when you beat up thugs, you slash it with your sword, and then they go, ah, oh, oh, no, and they still run away at the end. But, like, you're doing absolutely brutal moves with your sword and your gun, like unloading a full... Not magazine, because it's a revolver, but do 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 right in their face. And there's blood splatter. I'm like, that's not what Kiryu does. This is not how he acts. This is, He's not bloodthirsty like this. So it's it's just that weird disconnect. Because I love it, because it's all my favorite faces and all my favorite voices. And hey, it's, it's my buddies. But it's also completely not my buddies. So it's, it's weird. But the gameplay is fun. The sub-stories are awesome. The story itself, I'm finally... St- <laughs> I said I've gotten to the inciting incident, but I'm getting into, like, the meat of it. Like, he's part of the Gumi now. He's he finally joined up, so it's starting to get into the actual, like, let's flow and go with the story. So that's been a lot of fun. And then I had mentioned it a little bit last time, but I had a, a big, deep Steam Deck dive on Undertale. I sat there for, like, three or four hours, smashed through the ending of that. And I had said last time that I was starting to get into the pieces that i that I knew people loved about it like where it changed up the formula and you got hit with unexpected things. oh boy, the ending of that game is that to the nth degree and I was playing the pacifist route and what's what's so weird is you have to do a normal clear before you can actually get the pacifist ending so I had to. You get to a point, and there's you have to fight a guy. You have to. There's there's no way. And I didn't even know how to fight, because I'd never done it before. So you fight, and like this thing comes up, and a bar goes across. I'm like, where am I supposed to hit? What am I supposed to do? I had to look it up. Oh, you're supposed to hit right in the middle, because it's this weird thing with other bars across it. Okay, do that. Oh, I'm doing no damage. Oh, it's because I didn't buy any weapons. All right. Reload my save, because you get a save right before the last boss. Go buy a weapon... Go equip it. Learn how to fight for this one battle. But the I won't spoil anything about the ending, even on the normal one. But it, it goes so absolutely crazy. Like, it goes so meta. It's doing stuff with the game that shouldn't be possible in the... Like I said, you start off in, like, an 8-bit RPG. But by the end, things are so incredibly nuts, I can't... I couldn't believe it. Like, things happen, and I went, what?! Uh, i tried to make the thing make things work again and that was part of it and it was oh my god it was incredible and then going back and doing the true pacifist ending was just just the cherry on top of the Sunday. just you've met all these great characters all the way through and the ending through the true pacifist ending is just it's beautiful it's the perfect ending I will never go through and do the genocide ending. I will never watch it. I will never do anything with that because I know that wrecks your game save. I will. I had my normal ending. Went back and did the true pacifist ending. That ending is perfect. Ugh, I, I wanted to say something else, but I won't spoil it at all. I can't. I can't spoil it. I'll spoil it on the watch plan, but. It's just the perfect way to end that game. I'll never do anything else with it. I'll never play it again because just kind of like with Red Dead Redemption 2. That's the story. It's over. It's done with. It's complete. And it was incredible. An awesome experience. I can't believe I waited so long to actually fully play it because I got it gifted to me like seven years ago. And I would play a couple hours and then get distracted, start over, play a couple hours. Amazing. An incredible game. Everybody already knows Undertale is amazing. I'm here to tell you it is And then I've been playing another game, which I'll talk about a little bit later, because it'll be my release that got released last year. But I'm going to talk about it now, because it's my show and I do what I want.
2: Pew, pew, pew! Well, I'll tell you about a game I haven't tried, but maybe we will in the future, Matt, because it's Wulong Fallen Dynasty. It is out right now. It is developed by Team Ninja, published by Koi Tecmo. Which is the folks who did one of my favorite games, Stranger Paradise, if you don't know, Final Fantasies, the whole thing we talked about. It's out for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox, PC, everything but Switch, basically in a nutshell. It's a Souls-like game, man. It is. It's a Souls-like game. But we've already done this. We've played Elden Ring, so we're in it now. You're in a Chinese, you know, historical world. You get to choose from like five different uh, weapon types, melee types. And, of course, you are a, a warrior forgotten time, and you're going to go ahead and save the day. That's kind of the nutshell of this. And along the way, though, man, here's the deal, is you're going to come across different heroes that are going to help you in your battles. Now, that sounds cool, right? Yeah, it's great. You're going to have a helper along the way that you can dismiss if you want a harder challenge. Otherwise, they'll be there helping you out as you are fighting different enemies. But not only that... You can have a co-op player come in, take over as that role, and they're helping you play your, play your game. That sounds amazing. Me and Matt, we could just get in here. Woo long. Boom. One of us be the main, one of us be the help. Come in, start you know slashing enemies, taking down bad guys, taking down bosses, having a great time, progressing the story. This sounds like a wonderful opportunity to play a game and have some fun again. I don't know if it adds up to that, because... Every review I see is just them playing and having a good time with an AI uh, add-on. But a couple people did say they played with their friends and had a great time with it. So it's a possibility. Something we should look at. Just saying.
1: I'm definitely looking at this for two reasons, and I don't want to jump the gun on here. But one is that historical setting that you talked about. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's all during the Three Kingdoms era, like the Yellow Turban Rebellion and stuff. Mm-hmm. All the stuff from Romance of the Three Kingdoms, Dynasty Warriors... All that Three Kingdoms era, I absolutely love it. I was watching some reviews and gameplay, and when I saw Guan Yu pop up and saying stuff, and I went, "What? Wait a minute, what?" And then I saw Liu Bei. I watched somebody streaming it, and Liu Bei was his buddy, who his his uh-huh. co-op AI buddy. And I went, "Ah, oh, I can't, oh, I can't not play this." And then the second thing, which I think I'm jumping the gun on, is it's on Game Pass. So I literally it's have on it, Game Pass, I literally have right. it right now. I gotta, I gotta go I do play too, it. Coincidentally. <laughs>
2: And that was the right. What I was about to say is, it as I already told you, it's on all the systems except for Switch. But if you got Game Pass, it's free. You can just go play it. But you know what I mean by free. We always talk about that. Yeah. It's there this moment. And then on top of course, the different melee weapons you get to choose from. You're gonna get uh, elemental spells that you're gonna go ahead and be able to build up. And on top of that, there's gonna be these divine beasts, and you get to pick like one out of several of them. And that's gonna give you like passive skills to help you along the way. The only downside, but maybe positive side, is that this game is all about parrying. Not about dodge rolling, not about just blunt force trauma, parrying. I've never been a strong parrier, and so it scares me, but I will say, I've watched about three reviews at this point, and a couple plays, you know, people just playing while I'm watching them stream and whatever. It's incredibly rewarding if you get the parrying down. And in, in, you can parry anything in this game. So any big monster attack, anything whatsoever, you can parry. Spells included the whole nine. So you, as long as you get the parry down, you're going to be rewarded with sending back powerful spells that are going to just completely wreck the enemy you're fighting. Same with the bosses. Anything they're throwing at you, some kind of mega slam, you can parry that and send it right back at them. Doing incredible damage, wrecking their faces, having a great time. And that sounds really cool. It's just a matter of perfecting that and getting used to that. But, of course, this game also has uh, the ability to jump and maneuver and go all over the place, so exploration's a huge thing. But I will say it is a linear game, so it's just going to kind of funnel you through. You're not going to be going back that much, but you do have the opportunity to go back. And from what I hear, this part's kind of not really told to you really well, so I guess it's in a, in a negative sense. The side quests and stuff and the uh, the hub... If you don't actually go in and investigate and check things out, you can miss all sorts of side quests. You can miss all sorts of side, just side stuff in general. And you, you'll just be kind of pushed forward throughout the game. So it's kind of on you as the player to stop and go back and check things out for yourself to do some of the extra content that's available to you. And of course, doing so will reward you because they've got this whole system of like morale and whatnot that you can build up by doing the extra things, finding the extra chests and doing this, which then will give you way more, uh, way more power in general, just to be blunt, way more power when you're fighting the bosses that you can kind of just push forward without having an issue. But if you don't have that morale, you don't have that boost from finding the, the bonus chests and the spirit things and all this stuff, the game becomes increasingly more difficult. So. It it kind of behooves you to do the side quest and go find all the hidden things in this game. And of course not die while you're doing it because if you die you do lose that morale and then the game becomes harder and harder. So it's it's an entire system that you're going to want to be cognizant of and pay attention to. But I don't know. Overall looks pretty solid to me. Uh I liked Stranger's of Paradise and the, one of the big complaints is that like graphics at one point seem okay but then some points seem really bad and that was the same with Stranger's of Paradise. It didn't phase me, it didn't bug me. I still enjoyed my time with that game. So I feel like this could be a potential game. I could have a good time with. I'm down for another Souls game. In fact, I just uh, downloaded Code Vein which is free this month on the PlayStation. Yep. Uh for whatever but, you know, I'm playing on PlayStation 5. I just downloaded that, created a character, did the first mission on that, and went, I'm down with this. I can uh-huh. do this. I'm down for another a struggle bus game. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Who knows what I'm going to do, but Wulong, Fallen Dynasties out there, I recommend everybody at least go give it a look, see if you might be interested in it. Or, hey, just as I said, go to It's free for PlayStation uh, peeps out there.
1: I'm been to look at that one, too. One of the other uh, Souls channels that I followed on YouTube when we're deep in the Elden Ring stuff did something on Code Vein. I was like, "Oh man, cool Soul stuff!" But you're like a sexy anime chick Animes, or a twisted yes. anime chick. Like, oh, this looks so cool. Maybe Eric and I can get into this eventually. So I, th- I think we're both just chopping at the bit. It's been a year since Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. It's time for more Souls action, but it's also time for some smaller scale. JRPG action. Because I'm going to tell you about a game that I don't know how this passed me up. I don't know how I didn't know about this. I did a Google search for Third Shift Podcast and the name of this game, and it never came up in any anything else. And I tested it out with all the other releases, and it always had a hit for this episode or whatever. So I'm going to tell you about Jack Move, which came out in September of last year, developed by So Romantic, published by Hype Train Digital for PC, PlayStation Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. Like I said, this is a smaller-scale JRPG. Oh, man, I just, it's just so good. I'm just having so much fun with it. It's cyberpunk future, you know, megacorporations. You're a, a rogue hacker named Noah, and during the course of the story, your dad gets kidnapped by one of the megacorps. So you have to figure out what's going on. That's the overall thing of the story. But as you're going through it, it's so far I'm only a few hours in. It's really lighthearted. It's really fun. And the battles are so much fun. Because you'll get into the battle, and it's just you. It's just you, no other character. You have no party throughout the the entire rest of the battle, and you fight, you know, an assortment of enemies, and you have kind of a rock paper scissors type of system. You got cyberware enemies, you got electroware enemies, and you got wetware enemies, and each one of those is weak to one of the other types. So that's basically your spells, and oh man, it's so cool because. That spell system, I mean, it's its simple. Rock, paper, scissors, you know, weapon triangle type of stuff. But how you manipulate your ability to have those spells is so much fun because you have a cyber deck, essentially, which allows you to have different RAM slots, which is what you slot these abilities into. So right now I have 16 RAM slots, and certain abilities take up one, some take up four, three, two, one, whatever. So if you want a balanced loadout, when you start off the game, you can totally do it. Nice and easy, boom, boom, boom but each time you use an ability you do level it up to a max of level 3 or 4 or 5 but when you want to get the next stronger ability it costs a little bit more ram so now you got to figure out well do i do i take away my cheap heal put to make sure i have the big heal and then have the level 2 ranks of all the abilities or do i just go hmm i step foot into this area and go oh it's a lot of wetware enemies let me take off my electroware and then go in just with that cuz so far Each zone that I've come into, these are cyberware, these are electroware, these are wetware enemies. So it's, it's a lot of managing that. But then there are so many other cool abilities, spells, hardwares that you can get where you can have the ability to buff up your physical defense, your physical attack. Boom, 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 boom. All that for all those three. And then there's speed bonuses, which gets into my favorite part of the battle system. Because the battle system, it's pretty simple. You know, it's, it's not anything overly complicated yet. But along the top, right on the right-hand side, there's a little turn bar. So you'll see enemy one attacks, and then you attack. And then enemy two attacks, and then you attack. So that means, well, okay, if it's you, one, you, two, you, three, that means if you kill enemy one with your first attack, then you attack twice in the row.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And if you kill two, then you attack three times in a row.
2: Grandia style. Yeah.
1: And sometimes, without even manipulating my own speed, sometimes you do get chunks of two in a row. So you can heal yourself with one and then prep for the next turn with another. Now that I've got this auto overclock hardware that I slotted in to my deck, now I'm constantly hasted. So I'll always have two or three in a row instead of one or two in a row. So it's so beautiful. And just knowing what the enemy's turns are. And there are, I, I believe there are ways to adjust their speed too. You can hit them with a slow. So manipulating that that timeline is something I love in all games. And to have that in this game, which otherwise outside of the battles and everything, it's so accessible and so charming. And Accessibility, what I'm talking about is you can, it even explains it in the game. Like you can walk into the first random encounter area. You can adjust the frequency of the battles. You can have them be few. You can have them be regular. You can have them be tons. Or you can turn them off entirely if you want. If you know you're just going to run from this zone to this zone. And you just want to talk to people. No random encounters. Zip. There you go. And you're going to want to talk to people. Because everybody that you meet in here. The side characters. The main characters. They're so fun. And charming. And every time you do a story bit. All the NPCs. Their dialogue refreshes. So you can go through and talk to them. And they have... Continuing little, like mini stories. They're not major stories so far, but you get to learn about them and about their lives for certain of them. And what I love, speaking of accessibility in the charmingness, when you walk up to people, it has a little green exclamation point prompt. If you've already seen what they have to say, you'll have that prompt, but it'll have the little, like, recycle symbol, like, do, 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 see it again. So when you're walking through, like, I haven't played for a couple days, I saved in town, uh, Is there anything I need to pick up here? Nope, 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 nope. Okay, I can go on to my objectives, which are nice and listed out. Primary objectives, secondary objectives, they're all listed out in the menu. So it's just a ton of fun, and I gotta say, this game looks so good. This is another one of those ones where I say, watch some gameplay, watch some trailers of it, because the pixel art, I mean, it's kind of, all the characters are pretty small, especially playing it on my Steam Deck, but the way they move is so charming and endearing like uncle Gwyn. when you meet him he's this guy with like a smoking jacket he's always got a glass of brandy in one hand and like a cigarette in the other and the way he moves you can tell he's just a fun loving guy and like the way the smoke animates off the cigarette and he kind of like bounces around you've got a hacker buddy when he's really hacking on his computer his his limbs go all they don't really go all stretchy but they've got that like stretch and squash kind of animation there's so many things that noah does like her her physical attack she does this Boom, big old stretchy punch. There's so much character in just the pixel art and the animation of this game. And then, like, your big moves, your jack moves, are kind of your super moves, your limit breaks. There's one of them I just got, the wetware one, where it's literally like a tidal wave comes through. And it looks like Disney animation. It looks so beautiful, this big purple tidal wave that comes through. And it's just this, it's not pixel arted, it's just this beautiful thing. It's, I don't know what to say. This game looks so good. Like I said, the pixel art, even just running around, it has that lighting on it, like we've talked about from the last night or from Replaced. It's maybe not that awesome, but when you're running under street lights, you get that, that beautiful, like beautiful neon glow After to your glow. character. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. It looks so good. I can't believe I never knew about this before I started putting small RPGs on my Steam Deck. So everybody should check out Jack Move. It's a ton of fun. I've heard it's only like six to ten hours, depending on how much side stuff you do. So if you want just a fun jrpg with beautiful pixel art and a fun combat system and timeline manipulation you gotta check it out i'm having a blast with it it's a ton of fun it's jack move
2: get it get it indeed you got a couple games out there folks that you can check out but before we get on to the snippets and the of the show we got a message from our sponsor coming at you here you go boys and girls now a word from our sponsors
0: Coming soon to the Los Santos Convention Center, it's Mike Andrews. Understand that it's okay to be poor. There need to be poor people. We rich are the yin, you are the yang. We need you. He's changed millions of lives with his book, Rags Are Riches. Now hear Mike Andrews live. Mr. Andrews, I've had a run of bad luck, and I was wondering if the state could help me get back on my feet. This is the negative kind of self-obsessed and greedy talk that doesn't help anyone. My program will teach you a new outlook on life. Instead of complaining about being poor, enjoy it. Watch TV, don't vote, who cares? But I'm homeless. You've got it all wrong. Society doesn't owe you anything. The government has better things to worry about, like killing innocent people. You already have everything you need, so enjoy your life. See Mike Andrews live for only $200, payable in 10 installments. Reserve your seat today. And now back to your regularly scheduled program.
2: Really hoped you guys like that wonderful, wonderful commercial. You know what? Supporting us helps us out so much, we appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Check it out. <laughs> but back to the show, Matt. Here we go. <sighs> Where to go? Where to go? You know what? Let's just start real real quick. PS5 went ahead and got itself an update, Matt. And I don't care about whatever else it did. The only thing I care about is one thing. It got Discord support today. We can now have Discord on the PlayStation 5. So no matter who's playing where, who's playing what, you can hook up with your friends on the Discord and listen and hear them. Now, this is important to me because I have a sister who doesn't play the PlayStation anymore. She's all PC, still plays the same games we play. But unless you're just in-game chat, you can't hear what she's saying, nothing. Now, I can go ahead and play Hogwarts Legacy They can go ahead and play Destiny or Call of Duty or whatever and we can just pop on Discord on PlayStation and still, you know, shoot the schnips, have some fun, talk and have a good time all playing whatever we want. So for me, it's a big deal because it allows me to actually just hang out with the folks I want to talk with and have a good time with no matter what we're playing, what we're doing. And it's about time. I mean, this was announced and talked about. I feel like what, nine months? Almost a year ago at this point, at least. It's been a long time coming.
1: It's been a long time since the last time you wanted <laughs> to talk about it. So I know, I mean, I, I, I'm joking, but I know it has been a long time coming. Like we said off air, it doesn't really do anything for me because if I want to hang out with you, we're usually in the same game playing on the same system. Yeah. But you do make a good point, and especially with more and more games going crossplay these days, mm-hmm. just having the ability to talk to your PC friends just via your console instead of okay, I'll fire up my PC and get Discord going on there on like one ear cup, mm-hmm. and then put like my earbud in so I can listen to the game audio. And it's just a, an easier all-in-one solution. I doubt I'll ever have to use it, but it's a good thing, and every console should do it. Like I said, with more and more stuff going crossplay, I was just thinking about it with WO Long. I'm going to play that on my Series S over there. You're probably going to play it on your PC. So if there was an intuitive way, I mean, we could just use in-game chat because it'll just be the two of us. But if there wasn't an in-game chat type of thing.
2: Discord allows
1: it. Discord will allow it, yeah.
2: Yeah, so it's it's just it's a plus for everybody involved. It sucks that it took so long, but I'm glad that it's finally there because, of course, Xbox had it put in just a few months ago. I can't remember when it was at this point. And, of course, everybody got pissed because Discord had an official deal with PlayStation. (laughs) So I was like, why did Xbox end up with it first, even though PlayStation's teamed up with Discord specifically for this? Doesn't matter. Because now PC, Xbox, and PlayStation all have it. So anytime you're playing a cross-play game, no matter what it is, you can talk and hear and have a good time with your friends playing, no matter where they're at. And that's fantastic. So I was super glad to hear that actually went into place. And then, of course, a game we've kind of talked about a bit, Matt, Starfield. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know. You know, Fallout's never been a big thing for me. I, everyone's talking about this guy might be the game of the generation, might be the game of the world. It's been delayed so many times and at such a huge amount, too. Like almost two years now, it's been delayed. It just got like a sort of pushback again, but an official launch date, Matt, for September sixth, twenty twenty three, was officially announced, and a new look at the game with some gameplay and footage. Everything's going to be announced uh, June eleventh of this year. So I don't know where do you stand on this. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I just I don't I don't have the hype that seems to be kind of accompanying this game. But of course, like I said, Fallouts haven't generally been my shtick. So where are you at? Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're feeling better about this.
1: I'm in the cautiously optimistic zone. I mean, I like Fallouts. I like Elder Scrolls games. They've always been good games that I like to play. They've never been my main games. But the potential to take that kind of open world or open universe, in this case, gameplay out into space, it excites me. But from what we've seen so far, it's just been video footage. Like, sure, it's probably in game or in engine, maybe, but it's just been, it hasn't been gameplay. So if they show gameplay on the 11th and it looks good, then I'll officially be hyped for it. But you know me, if I don't see gameplay, it's not really real. Like we've talked about some some trailers and reveals that look cool Uh and I do get excited, but I got to see the gameplay first. So I'm excited mostly to hear (laughs) not about the launch date, but about the new look on the 11th, because that's, that's what I've always needed for Starfield and any kind of game like this. So if they show me good stuff, we'll see. I might be in. Because I like I like space games. I just love space. No Man's Sky I love because you're just exploring weird space. Space games have always been my thing. I love space and uncharted worlds and uncharted universes. If it gives me a little bit of that and the gameplay looks fun, or at least, at least Fallout or Elder Scrolls level of just zooming and booming, I'll be excited for it.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. If you haven't had a chance to, you know, my, you might as well check out the video they released today of it because it was, um, who's boss, Todd? Todd Howard, yeah. Todd Howard, he was talking, but he was on a green screen, and then behind it was an actual uh, screen of some other guy who played some Elder Scrolls while he was in a, t- a chair. I don't know. I can't say I'm a big fan, so I don't really know all the cool stuff in it. But anyways, he was playing the game in the background, over a green screen while Todd was talking. And so if you actually watch it, you get to actually see a little bit of uh, just a snippet of combat and just a snippet of actual in-game wandering around one of the worlds, wherever it is. So you will get a taste of the gameplay if you go check out the vid that they put out today about it all. But not nearly enough. You know, nothing that's going to actually... Give you what you want, you know, give you the actual, Hey, this is what this game is. This is all about what it's, what it's doing, what it's trying to accomplish. So you'll get a taste, but it, for me, it wasn't nearly enough because obviously if it plays like Fallout, you know, probably not going to be a game for me. If it does the Elder Scrolls thing, it might be something I want to check out just because I love the RPG-ness of it. So I, I haven't got my taste. Hopefully, Matt, when you watch it and check that out, maybe that'll give you a little more hope for what it's going to be and what its it's, it's potential is. So, I don't know. I'm still kind of like, meh. But I don't want to knock it. I I just don't know enough about it. I don't want to be the negative Nancy. I just thought we'd talk about it because, you know everybody's so hyped about this game, just, like, going over the moon that this is going to be the big seller.
1: And it's one of those things, you know, I always see it in the X-Bot versus Sony Pony arguments online. Well, we're going to have Starfield. You don't even know, like, I'm I'm not poo-pooing it, I'm not super mad on it, but you don't even know what it is yet. I don't know what what it is is yet. yet. Nobody Mm -hmm. who's excited for it knows what it is or how it looks or how it plays. It's just a little side tangent, but I don't get the hype because you don't know it at all. Like, it... Mm -hmm. It's a concept that exists. Probably it's going to be cool. and
2: Probably it's going to be decent.
1: And if they execute it really, really well, it could be mind-blowing. But no, nobody knows. Like, no, Nobody nobody knows.
2: <laughs> and, and I, w- I don't want to go too long on this because, like I said, I don't want to drag it down or be an asshole about it. But the other problem it's facing right now is that Bethesda is known for Jang. Every game they put out has Jang problem is this time around they've de- they've delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed this game so everyone's getting this like well it better be perfect it better be amazing it better be spot on man because you've delayed this for years and I'm like what show what what in the history of this company has showed you that this is going to be a thing there there's gonna be jank I don't I don't see any other way around it there's going to be the Bethesda jank that's just the way this, that they run, and so I feel like people are going to get overly critical of it because they're going to expect perfection from a company that's never provided like perfection in play.
1: <laughs> and just thinking about it, just the not specifically just that way, but the overhype—it's going to be No Man's Sky again. Mm-hmm. And then what what terrifies me is that you know how reactionary the video games industry is, and most industries are. Uh, if that, if No Man's Sky was this big open world space thing that everybody hated and was stupid, even though they fixed it and made it a hundred thousand times better, uh, and Starfield starts out with all this hype, and then everyone says everyone says it's going to be a, a ten out of ten, and they go, oh, it's just a five because it's all broken and messy. Then the games industry will say, no more giant open world space games. Outer Worlds two, you're shelved. No more fun in the cosmos <laughs> for you, Matt. And I'll I'll jump off a roof.
2: Canceling Mass Effect. Canceling Mass Effect. No. It's over. I'm going to build my own spaceship with blackjack and hookers. going to space and I ain't bringing you assholes with me. That's right. <laughs> uh, so we'll wait and see. June 11th is right around the corner. And coincidentally, it's right before E3. That's a whole other topic conversation, which I, I would like to have eventually, but I don't think it's quite there yet, mm-hmm. about E3. Anywho's the last bit, man, is this. PlayStation in general... Through all sorts of woohoo's and wahas, it has come to fruition and come to the attention of everybody that they have five billion dollars allocated to spend this year for acquisition of different studios. Not, and we know how business works, man. This isn't you have you you don't have to use it. No, no. There's five billion bucks that went here. Go do something with it to buy different studios or one, two, who knows. To bring into the PlayStation family, we won't go too long on this man. And I know we've talked about it before, but at this moment in time, being that it's middle of March, being that it's been many months since we last talked about it, do you feel like there's anybody coming on board soon? Do you do you feel sure about any sort of uh, developer getting brought into the PlayStation family? Or are you still kind of like, man? I'm I don't have a clue. I don't care. don't know.
1: You phrased that in a way that I was getting ex- excited to <laughs> grab something and throw it on my desk so the listeners could hear Come on, it, as I demanded it that they acquire somebody. But since you said it like give that, it to me. I don't know. I don't know anybody. I don't know nothing about nothing.
2: No, that's where you were supposed to turn around and get excited and go, no, Eric, I have a better idea, goddammit. Because last time you were like, I don't know. It'd be cool if this or this, but I don't have a clue.
1: I mean, honestly, realistically, I don't know. But my first thought as you were going through it, even though they've been doing a little bit better job than they usually have, I was going to throw this pen down on the desk and say, They need to just buy Konami and bring back all the franchises with that Sony polish and get it all revved up and riled up and take those dead franchises and give them to people who had love for the old ones. And not remake them all, not re-release them all, but make new entries in that series. I mean, we've talked about it before. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Obviously, I still want a Coden 1 and 2 HD remaster to come out. That has to come out no matter what, because that will fulfill my love and my life and my heart. But we've said it before, you're a big Castlevania fan. Wouldn't it be awesome to have new Castlevanias on an, oh, an, at least a, a God of War level basis? Uh-huh. And if they could make them, with, you know, even if it's 3D, with that level of care and polish and love and goodness, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome for me to have a new Metal Gear Solid? I've been thinking about this like steady for the past week for no reason. I haven't played Metal Gear Solid, haven't been thinking about it, but I've just been thinking in my head, of the last time we talked about reviving franchises on whatever episode that was, and I was like, man, if you could just... Kojima can't make Metal Gear Solid anymore. I'm at peace with that. But if you get somebody who loved those games, you don't need to continue the story of the characters. You can have brand new story in that universe with all the same type of themes and just with the care and love that somebody who loves that series could put into it. If you could have that, if it just comes out to be like two different games it would blow my mind. It would be amazing. I know Konami has a bunch of other amazing franchises that I'm totally forgetting right now, but it's, it's, a, it's a company and franchises that have been not dead, but they've been so underground like the past generation or two that I would love to see, even if it's not the original devs, if they just grab the IPs and give them to people who know what they're doing and have love for that stuff and can make good ones, that's the one. I want to see that. Maybe it's just people on Twitter who have been, you know, crawling in my head and saying that's a good idea, but I think it's a good idea.
2: See, and you just said the thing that makes me think it won't happen now was that Konami up to this point has been just kind of, you know, pachinko machines, chilling, not doing anything underground completely. But they just reemerged with all the uh, Silent Hill news. They're giving all sorts of studios the Silent Hill licenses to do all sorts of stuff with it. And I went, well, that. I'm excited. That's cool. Like Bloober team, a team I love. They did Medium, which is one of you know an awesome game, fantastic game. They're giving them the license to redo Sound Hill 2, then they've got another one doing like a little mobile thing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I went well that doesn't make sense if, if Sony were to buy them up now because they're kind of moving on their own and they've put out the open invitation to have different developers and indie companies come to them to use their properties, use their titles to make great games. Well, if a company is about to be bought up by Sony and get you know and be given tons of money and or uh, assets to you know make new games and new stuff with their with their uh, properties, it I don't know if it adds up. You know,
1: I how about this? Maybe not the whole company, but they may snatch some of those dormant IPs like Castlevania. Even though it's got the Dead Sills thing, you know, make a full on Castlevania, make full on Metal Gears. You know, maybe not a whole snatch up, but just. We we want your IPs, your, th- your things that you're not doing right more. Hey hey, Capcom, give us Mega Man. We're just gonna make cool Mega Man games. I don't I don't know. Just
2: that is the one I want the most, and, and it was the same one I wanted the most last time we did discuss this. So don't don't get me wrong. I'm totally in that hype train with you. And people have been throwing around uh, Take Two. I don't think that's happening. Period. People have been throwing around Capcom. I don't think that's gonna happen either. Capcom's on a on a roll right now. They're they're doing nothing but bringing in the hits, bringing in money. Why would they go just Sony Pony it and and hop on board one train when they're just doing crushing it with everybody? It doesn't make sense.
1: And the other one that I always hear when this discussion comes up is Square Enix. Yep. But Square is putting out stuff like every month. Yeah. They're shotgunning the stuff everywhere so it doesn't make sense to just
2: 100 tie in
1: but just to just narrow that focus instead of oh no switch games oh they've got a million games on switch and everybody loves them
2: yeah there's no way they're gonna do that period yeah. because the switch makes them so much money it doesn't yeah. make sense so while it sounds cool i'm like yeah all right now square has got even more money to make better ff games no, they're not going to do that because, like you said, they're pumping out games all over the place, making decent enough money for what the game they made that I just don't see it. I don't buy it. So I'm like, none of that makes sense. You know, and of course I was thinking Blue Point, but of course after looking at it, <laughs> apparently Blue Point was already brought on board. I had, why did I not know this? Why did I miss this? I have no idea, but Blue Point's already there. So all of them are off the table. There's really just Konami left. It doesn't, nobody else really makes a lot of sense for where they're at in the games community right now, you know, and, and, uh, everybody they market right now is already part of the Sony community. So I don't know. I just, I feel like that's the only route to go, but based off Konami's latest moves, I don't know. It just, just seems weird if that were to be the case, but they've got five billion dollars. So that, that money's going somewhere. They're good. They're buying somebody up and they're coming in. And I just think it's kind of fascinating to uh, think about who it could be and what it could be. I, I know we're forgetting some major players. Oh, yeah. The
1: only thing I could think is Atlas, but I don't... I don't see it. I, I don't see it either, but when I think of Atlas, I think of Sony PlayStation games anyway. I mean, I know, mm-hmm. like, uh, Soul Hackers 2 just came to Game Pass, so I know they are on other platforms, but they're not usually... Well, they are on Switch, too, so that one doesn't make sense either. But I know we're forgetting something. I just can't think of it because it's whatever games they make are games that aren't 100% in our wheelhouse. Like I said, I think the best way to go about it is just to grab some IPs because Sony has awesome studios who I know are filled with talented people. They make amazing quality games, like ridiculously good quality games. So if you can do that for these franchises that people love and just bring it back even, you know, like we said, small two small two D games, you know, like we've talked about with Gearbox and stuff, refresh stuff in in new and interesting ways. Not everything has to be a big triple A masterpiece, but with those brands comes loyalty and love. And if you do right by them, then you can just you can churn that money out endlessly because people uh-huh. will keep coming back to their favorite series as long as you're making them well and making them good games.
2: Well, that's exactly what I've always talked about. I'll never not buy a PlayStation unit because Persona's going to be there. Yeah. It's just not not going to not happen. There's no way I can miss out on a Persona game. So I have to have the PlayStation unit. No matter how much I love Xbox, no matter how much I'd be inclined to get that system, I'm always getting PlayStation first because of Persona. So it's you just need titles like that for everybody. That's mine, Persona. I'm sure that's Mm -hmm. probably one of yours too. But for others, it could be a different game. But that's exactly what you're talking about. If you can just get that one... Title that one hit for that person, they're going to be loyal to you forever because they need that next hit. They need that next awesome title for that for you know particular franchise, and that's what it's all about. That's how you keep people coming back over and over and over again, regardless of how well the competition's doing.
1: The only other thing I was thinking of was if they could get like their, and I know they, I'm sure they do have it, but their own type of indie division. I mean, Xbox has always been like kind of like the indie indie buyer upper type of person but if you could have like playstation indies that sounds like fun that sounds cool to me i mean there's a lot of indie games on playstation but you know what i mean like playstation specific ones they could even drop them in the the plus and extra tiers there you know game trials for those i don't know certain franchises certain indie level stuff i'm an indie gamer guy it would that would be exciting for me put
2: devolver digital in your back pocket you know, oh. I, I know they're a publisher you know more than anything these days, but mm-hmm. man, you get them in your back pocket, so you're getting everything that they they publish and then everything that they actually develop and Whew, that's that's a lot of people right there in your, your corner at that moment.
1: That's so crazy. It's though it feels bad though, because I love playing devolver dick games on like everything. Mm-hmm. Everything I
2: get about. Yeah.
1: So what about you out there in podcast listening Land? Do you have the inside scoop? Are you like back in the 80s when you had an uncle who worked at Nintendo? Do you have an aunt that works at Sony, and she's got you the inside hot tip? Let us know that via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com. Post it on the Twitter, at ThirdShiftME. Find us on Facebook, go to ThirdShift, because nobody's over there. They won't see it. They will. I'll see it. It for right. it. I'll see
2: it. All right. <laughs> I'll see so it, and I... I won't tell you about it. <laughs> no, you have to tell me about it. I won't. Because I have to do the show with you. I'll just I'll just be like oh yeah, and I'll just respond all by my little, little lonesome self, and we'll have our own little private communication. It'll be fantastic. You know how intimate that would be? It'd be great.
1: I went on there the other day just to make sure you were you were not doing anything crazy on there. I actually found it. It took me a while to get to Google to actually go <laughs> to third shift the actual show, but I went on there and I saw some likes and I saw some some feedback. So it was good. Yeah. And you know what? Find us on the Discord. That's the most private. Way you can find us, you know, just direct message us with your inside Sony PlayStation information.
2: That's right. Believe it or not, we're over there. We're alive and well. You know, you want to have a conversation, we'll have a conversation. You got something you want to talk about, we'll talk about it there. Or go over to Facebook where I'm at. Or go over to Twitter where Matt's at. Or go over to Patreon where we're both hanging out at. Going hey, like the little beggars on the side of road. Did you like our show? (laughs) Throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks in. Helps us out, pays the bills, keeps the lights on, keeps the show going. But let me just be honest with you. We can keep the show going regardless because that's something we're going to do no matter what. But you know what? For those of you who help, it's freaking amazing and awesome, and we're so appreciative of it. So if you want to do that, cool. If you can't support us with the money, maybe go give us the five-star ratings on the iTunes, on the Spotify. Maybe go give us the mailbag questions like Matt tells you about. Maybe go over on Twitch. Check us out on the streams there. Give us the Prime subscription if you haven't. A million ways, a million ways to support us. It's easy.
1: And another easy way to support us is to listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the sixteenth of March. Beware the Ides of March! And hey, I will say this before I get into the ending spiel: uh, the Nintendo 3DS eShop closes, I believe, on the twenty seventh of March. So you heard it here, probably last, not first. If you got anything you want to get digitally on that shop. You need to go and do it, get it now. I recommend the ace attorney games on there because they are phenomenal and great and I don't think you can get them physically. Hundred percent get those. But check out people's people have been putting up, you know, top ten games to get off the eShop before it closes all over YouTube. Go check it out. I actually am gonna do that sometime this weekend, see if there's any digital only stuff I need to get.
2: I should too. I really should. I was just looking at my three DS today, man. I was sitting next to the uh All the little, you know, we got the little slots where you charge everything. Mm -hmm. It's right there. It's just been plugged in for months now. I haven't touched it. But I looked at it today as I plugged my headset back in from working out, and I went, man, I I really liked you, 3DS. Maybe I should open you back up.
1: And and what kills me is, obviously, you know, we play Switch, and that looks great. I've been playing Steam Deck, which is even bigger and looks awesome. But there's something about those bright colors that I just associate with 3DS. Mm -hmm. Like, bright, popping colors all the time. And it's like, man, that was such a cheerful system. Like, even though I'm playing, like, Project Cross Zone and bad enemies are coming, they're going to destroy the world, but it was always flashing and bright and popping and beautiful and wonderful. So I'm looking forward to getting in that. I'm going to get in that this weekend, see if there's anything I need to get my hands on before it disappears. But the whole point of me saying the date was to say that's when the episode's going to drop, which you can find on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey... If you like what we're doing you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it.
2: Indeed we do. We appreciate it so very much. And I'm just saying, get the freaking five-star reviews, folks. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? You know, I don't know what you need, but let me tell you, I'll eat so many Jelly Belly Jelly Beans that I'll become a monstrous 400-pound animal if you get over there and give us some five-star reviews. You want to see me become a 400-pound animal? Go give us those reviews, and I'll eat that many Jelly Bellies, because I love them. I love them to death.
1: But until that point, there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to say... Shut up and sit down.